everyone and welcome to the first episode of the second season of the Kent Non-League podcast. There's not been much happening over the summer, so it's, it's good to be getting back into watching and talking about some football, eh? Um, as always, I'm John Phipps and after protracted contract negotiations, although I couldn't manage to get him a mint feast, uh, on the line now for a second stab at this podcast monarchy is Matt Gerrard. Now, Matt, first of all, our last episode was number 42 and you were 42. And now here we are, episode 43, and you are now 43 years old. Magic. How was your big day last week? Uh, not too bad. And a Nando's. We won a free, free Nando's. So we had a free Nando's. So that wasn't too bad. Got caught in the rainstorm. Um, I didn't know about contract negotiations. My agent didn't let me know. He just said, you've got this gig. Just get on with it. So uh, was there any money involved? Uh, keep me going. Yeah, I've, I've paid for your expenses to go from your normal desk into the office that you're back sitting in now. Oh, brilliant. Appreciate that, mate. Appreciate that. No, yeah, back in the game. Looking forward to the season starts. And uh, I see we are the non-award winning uh, podcast because um, uh, we didn't win, did we? We, win, uh, we had our afternoon out in uh, the cricket ground. No, we didn't win, but it, uh, I don't really think we ever had a prayer. But just to be nominated was, was very nice. And apparently we were the first people ever to share our certificate uh, online after it came in the post. But, I mean, obviously, Matt, uh, people will, will be aware, we obviously don't speak at all during the uh, Oh, no, that's not right. Um, obviously, Matt and I have been spending a lot of time together over the summer. But generally, t- tell the podcast listeners, how have you been? Yeah, not too, enjoying the summer, mate. I, I do love it the summer, so... Uh... Enjoying playing with the kids down the beach. All in all, enjoyed the World Cup, of course. Um, I was a little bit gutted because I wanted the country to get really excited. So I was a bit miffed we lost to Croatia. Uh, got my holiday coming up. So all in all, uh, winner, winner, chicken dinner, as they say, with a Nando's link there. Have you have yeah, Nando's no, no asked for some sponsorship or something here? Because you've mentioned uh, them quite a bit. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking about that because we were going to record this pod in there. Uh, in a harvester car park, so maybe we haven't mentioned any other brands of food restaurant chains that could um, sponsor us. Wouldn't it be good if we got to sponsor it? The Nando's Ken Non Lee podcast. It's got a ring about it, do you think? It has. A, do you think? Would we take free chicken? Do you think? Uh, I've never really had a Nando's before, and I thought it was quite good. But we got a free thing. It was about twenty-five quid's worth. But I was still quite hungry at the end of it. But I was quite impressed with the uh, thing. Disappointing thing about Nando's. If you, anybody from Nando's listening, got out the car. And like the plastic bag, boom, it fell out the bottom. And of course, it had been raining, so I had to really rescue it a little bit. There may have been a bit of gravel in the chicken as well. But um, apart from that, yeah, yeah, Nando's was good. Uh, where else have I been up to? Not, not much, really. Working and living the dream. Continue living the dream. Uh, working with you on a Monday, John. You, you can mention it now, what we do on a Monday. Yeah, we can, actually. Yeah, we've not been able to talk about it on the podcast before. Obviously, um, we do push it out on our social media, but we've been doing a show every other Monday on BBC Radio Kent, uh, on the air with John and Matt, um, which we're really you enjoying. Play, you should play the jingle there, John. I, I should do, shouldn't I? I've got it on my phone, actually. I might do that. Yeah, it's a good idea. Um, but no, it's been uh, it's been really good so far. What have we done now? Four? Four shows? Four shows, uh, yeah. And episode five is on Monday. And so far, I've had Seven Oaks Town manager Mickey Collins. Um, Dover goalkeeper Mitch Walker, we've had uh, Maidstone goalkeeper Lee Worgan, we've had uh, the chairman and the commercial director from Sheppey United. So, you know, part of our plan is we want to use our contacts that we speak to for the podcast for that Radio Kent show, but we're not going to neglect the podcast by any means. Don't worry about that. Um, I could be a bit more random on the podcast rather than BBC, really, to be honest. So if you want more random randomness, it's probably best to sit. Well, of course, listen to the BBC Radio Kent show, don't want to say that. A bit more randomness will come on the pod, so 
Exactly, and and, and we won't be talking about Mamma Mia, uh, Here We Go Again on BBC Radio Kent, but we may be talking about it later in the podcast, because I think that might be nice. But, you know, it's been four minutes now, and we've barely spoke about non-league football, which is uh, what we're here for. It's August the 1st, which is three days away from the start of the new season for most of our clubs. Although, as was the case last year, we've got to wait another week for the Bostic League to kick off. But the National League is straight in. And all four of our teams start with high hopes after decent seasons last year, I think. We'll come on to Matt's heroes shortly, but we're going to start, we're going to do them in the order that they finished last year. So we'll start with last year's playoff uh, semi-finals, Ebbsfleet United. Um, They've strengthened a little bit, maybe not as much as we thought they might have done, Matt. Um, But a tough start for them at home to Chesterfield first up and then at Leighton Orient on Tuesday night. Yeah, and of course last season they didn't start particularly well. They didn't lose many games, they drew a lot in the early part of the season. Yeah, they've got Jack Kinging, always liked when he was at Woking, good competitive midfielder. I think they're gonna play him at centre half. As is as is the sexy way, everybody's gonna be playing three at the back. Speaking about Chris Canary, he's been doing that for donkey's years. So um from that point of view, haven't brought the striker in yet, but maybe by the time you listen to this, they may have got a striker in. Because Kedwell, you know, great, great player for them. Can he do it another year? His legs going a little bit more, and somebody said he put a little bit of weight on that. After I saw him at cricket, somebody was talking about Kedwell, and he said that he maybe put a bit more weight on. But yeah, absolutely, are going to be up there because they've got the finances. Even though John, this is going to be the toughest national league season for many a year. I really do think. Do you, do you think that the, um, the the fact that the transfer window shuts so early for the football league clubs is going to have a knock on effect for FC because they're still going to be able to bring players in later in August and they can almost keep their powder dry for now, can't they? Yeah, I think that. I think that, I think it starts. I think like, from a Kent point of view, from a Gillingham point of view, they can start the game on the season on Saturday, but next Thursday then the window shuts, and I presume players will soon know if they're not going to be involved by the end of August. All the uh, sort of sides will be sniffing around players and I'm sure you'll see a lot of loans happening before the end of August yep there's going to be players out there hoping to get in the first few games might be not working then the, the National League sides will, will pounce I I don't expect unless they get Wabo back who I know from South End I don't know where he's gone I expect them to see you know they've got to show their hand will they spend big on a striker I don't know anything about it Michael Cheeks still at Dagenham maybe he could be a player that would be involved could be interested in them uh, Julian Murray, who they were going to spend big money on, went to Northampton, who's more of a, a little striker, but I think they probably do need another one up with um, Kedwell to support him, especially with McQueen's back. But um, yeah, absolutely. Out of all the Kent sides, I'm expecting them to do the best. Um, can they do what they did last year? I can't see why not. I think they've still got that sort of impetus from their back end of last season because they got a lot of respect for losing to Tranmere at the end. But um, yeah. Interesting, but I think it's going to be a tough year for some of our sides anyway. This is the thing, isn't it? I mean, I guess we'll be talking about this generally, but the elephant in the room when it comes to the National League is Salford City, isn't it? And, and I, I, that they've obviously spent a lot of money, reported £300,000 on Adam Rooney, who they're paying a reported £5,000 a week. Um, I read an article by someone, I think he was a Wrexham fan, and he was talking actually, funny enough, about being, in a, being at a game at Ebbsfleet where their playoff hopes came to an end. And... It is surely time that the Football League and the National League sorted this out and that there were three up, three down, because it can't go on like this. They're getting Cubs are basically putting money into it to try and get out of the National League and get into the Football League to get that prestige, to get that spot. Salford City, fair play to them. They've got obviously very rich owners, but they're they're doing it in, in the local area. They're bringing in a lot of players. They're the red hot favourites to win this league. They probably will win this league. 
but that then means that <laughs> everyone else is possibly fighting for one place. And the difficulty of that is, you know, why isn't it that three teams can go up? Because the, the gap between the conference and uh, as was and Division Four in 1987 was huge. In 2018-19, I don't think that gap's that big. There's several teams in the National League, top flight, who could easily seamlessly fit into League Two, no? Oh, I'm absolutely with you. And it could be interesting that, you know, if bizarrely, that after week two of the season, you could be six points behind Salford. And some of these teams in the division, you can't win, the, you cannot get automatic promotion. Your promotion is probably gone after the first week of the season. Then you're playing for the elongated playoffs, which I think maybe is quite a good idea from that point of view. And maybe when I this that sort of situation, the National League done, especially with Chief put across, I think they've maybe done a good thing there. Yeah, it needs that. But again, I think there's a lot of funding that clubs would lose going into it. And you look at the sides who are struggling in the league. You've got Wrexham on. Wrexham is the 11th season in the National League. You know, certain people would have grown up not knowing that Wrexham were quite a big club. We've been in the Championship as it was. Not many a moon ago, so I don't remember that, mate. You're, 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 no, you're... they're in the Panini '81 or '82. I was born in '1981. Come on. Well, but there will be people. But you thought Wrexham will be a, a standard non-league club. Eleven seasons in the National League. You know, for a club of that size, that's crazy. And again, they start badly. They could be having another waiting for their twelfth season. Yeah, I think I don't think Salford will win the league personally, but um, again, it opens it all up. And the, and the good thing about the league. It's going to get plenty of club business here, but out of all what's going on with Salford. But yeah, I think they've really got to change it. But, but I think maybe there are other things they've got to sort out, particularly the 3G's pitches issue. And we don't want to go into that on season one, episode one, about 3G pitches, because we seem to go into it all the time about everything else. But yeah, it's got to open up eventually. The National League is going to be very competitive this year. And will any of our Kent sides get out of it? I'm doubting it, to be honest. So I know for a fact that you've written down on a, on a little bit of paper who, who's going to finish where in the National League. So if Salford One City... One to 24, I've done. Yeah, I haven't had that much time on my hands. Um, but if Salford City aren't going to win it, who is? Uh, Bromley's opponents on Saturday, AFC filed, I've gone with. I think they're pretty solid, kept the majority of their side, got Danny Rowe. And, and they've got under the radar a bit because they spent a bit of wood last summer. And had a good season, I thought. Good at home. I'm going for them. Salford to finish second. There you go. But, and, but then you've got the late Orleans in this world, etc. So it's a tough old division. But I'm sticking my neck on the line. Um, filed for me. Very good. Interesting to see. I, I think Salford will win it. Fold is a very good shout. Um, but Leighton Orient will be dangerous as well under former Jill's boss, Justin Edinburgh, as well. It's going to be such a tight division. You can't rule out um, teams like Borenwood, although maybe the uh, agent gate or whatever it was with uh, with the Morgan Ferrier deal may have affected their pre-season. Well, we've talked about Ebb Street. We've got 11 minutes into the podcast and he mentioned him already, but let's let's give Matt a few minutes to just talk about his beloved. He hasn't seen Chris Kinnear since the end of the season, so he'll be excited for Saturday to catch up with him and, and see the, the, the latest crop of a complete new team that Chris Kinnear's got, Matt. Yeah, um, I, 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 I'm probably too posh for pre-season. I've got other things to do, so normally I try and get one pre-season game, but I haven't managed to do it this year, so... Uh, I've got them down. Looking at my piece of paper here, John. Dover Athletic will finish 15th this season. Wow. This time last year, I thought maybe we were 
we had more players this year than we did last year. And admittedly, we overachieved quite a bit, to be honest, last season. But I think um, defensively, we were pretty solid last year. But we've lost Delafuco, who's gone to Serie C. We'll keep an eye on him throughout the uh, season. Ilisami, which is a massive, massive loss at left wing back. And to me, he's the best wing back in the division. Real threat going forward, can whip a ball in, and he's gone back to ball wood. So but defensively, they've brought Loco in. Uh, they've got a couple of big, big, big centre halves uh, coming in as well. But uh, but the other concern is, are we going to score goals? Ryan Bird, as everybody knows, for me, wasn't a very good player. But he knew where the goal was. Didn't do anything work rate. This season, maybe we've got more work rate, but have we got somebody to get on the end of the crosses from that point of view? Uh, if Effiong's come in, I quite liked him for Woking. Big, strong. Is he going to get you 20 goals a season? We'll have to wait and see. Jamie Allen, absolute key man for David this season. If he can stay fit, we saw glimpses last season, he's got something about him. If he can stay fit, maybe he's the man for 20 goals. But my concern is we're not as strong defensively, I don't think. Going forward, maybe we're not enough goals in. I think we're going to maybe pack the midfield and only have two up at the moment. But a key fullback's got to be key again. Pasley, Connors, who's come from Epsley, they seem disappointed he's gone. But looking at it, from looking at the side that Dover have got now, compared to last season, or the end of last season, it's a bit weaker. Is it stronger than the side that started August last year? Maybe a little bit, but you've still got a few injury problems. So, Toby Show Silver needs to come back as well. But yeah, you know, I, to be honest, 15th, I think in this division, is a good is a good benchmark because there's a lot of sides who are bigger than Dover, get better gates than Dover, and arguably pay more than Dover as well. So 15th spot, I hope to be um, uh, proved wrong, but I think it could be uh, a difficult season for Dover. I'll take 15th in a cup run now, absolutely. Oh, one thing you didn't mention there as well is is obviously the loss of Mitchell Pinnock, who provided a bit of creativity and a few goals. Has anyone come in who can replace him? Pinnock was a good player, good on a set piece, um, one paced, and I thought the last six weeks of the season he went off the boil a bit, maybe because he knew he was going to ASC Wimbledon. Um, well, Naughty, Naughty come back, uh, and if you can find a role for him, he can maybe, because he's the only one Dover player who can pick the ball people and run at people from that sort of midfield position, which Dover have lacked. Maybe he's going to be the creative um, Thorpe, maybe playing in the 10 role behind the front two. They've played him in that. They've brought Gomez in, who's more of a, a workhorse in the midfield. And, I, and I, we needed that last season. So I'm quite happy with his signing. Yeah, creativity, set pieces will be key. They've got to improve on that, particularly Brundle. And also Miss Pinnock, because he had a long throw, which caused problems as well. So... We may be playing for set pieces early part of the season until we get settled down. So it's going to be interesting. I think, arguably, the first four games of the season are quite good for Dover. Rex at home, they've got a good record against them. The other sides they're playing, got to go to Bromley. I think they're playing sides in and, in and around them a little bit, the first four games. So I think maybe the first four games of the season, see where Dover are at, see what level they're going to be at. But I think they've got a decent start if they can, if they can work successfully. But early on, I'm expecting this to be tight at the back, maybe try and hit sides on the break. You say you think 15th is a good benchmark, but supporters who've seen Dover overachieve so much, 
would be disappointed with it. I don't think there's any Dover fan. If you went up to if you went up to every Dover fan at the game on Saturday before kickoff and said fifteenth place, how do you feel about that? No one's going to accept that, are they? Because they will they will think and they will expect Dover to do better than that. Well, we expect to do better because you've got Chris Kinnear as manager who knows his onions and knows his level and work it through. But I think people have now admitted that Dover had this is their fifth season in the National League. Four really good seasons, top ten each time. The league's moved on, bigger players have come involved, and Dover are not going to spend the money um, on the fi- on the field. They're doing it off the field, probably sorting out the the ground and the pitch, etc. So maybe looking from that point of view, maybe I'm a bit a bit pessimistic. This is my team, but I think a lot of people would think, look at that league. If they know this level of football, they will say it's a tough league. As long as we can be in and around it, they'll be happy. But I'm not expecting any Dover fan to go up there and say, oh, we'll definitely get top seven this season. It's going to be a tough season. But with Chris Kinnear, you never know. He, he, he could have the magic. Well, let's hope so, Matt. Because I think, I, I mean, personally, I, I haven't actually given that much thought to where I think Dover finished because I just expect them to be in and around the top ten. I expect them yeah, to well, be... Yeah, but maybe teams have worked them out as well. You know, Dover, will they... You know what you're going to get. Strong, organised team. Big, big boys as well in the side. So you know what we're going to be playing for. So if championships were won on organisation and teamwork, you probably thought Dover top three. And that is probably the good thing going in their, in their direction. I think as well, you say about maybe teams have found them out a bit, but they haven't found them out for four years. So I don't see why it's going to be a problem in the fifth. And I hope that Dover can have a good season and you know give you something to shout about when you're doing your commentaries. And I think... You know, maybe you are being a little bit pessimistic there because I, I, you know, Chris Kinnear has done a fantastic job. We've seen him do it time and time and time again, and I'm sure his recruitment isn't finished yet. And they've also got um, the player who I believe has the honour of being sponsored by Team Gerard, as you like to refer to yourselves, um, in midfield. And he certainly sounds like he's going to be a, a, a player. Uh, well, that, that, we've got Diarra, he's the big centre half, the number oh, four, centre half, so sorry. six foot six. Gomez, and I, 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 I'm looking forward to seeing Gomez, and people, the reports I'm getting, he's going to be. A competitive midfield player who can work well with Brundle. Yeah, but yeah, you know, my thing is, as long as we don't get relegated, I'm happy, sort of thing. But yeah, of course you want to do well. And with Chris Kinnear, there's no doubt. But, but you think November this time, November last year, we were top of the league at Orient and partying. If, if we're in the top five by November again, I'll be absolutely over the moon. So it, it's, it's an interesting season awaits. But I think a lot for our Kent side is going to be interesting. And I should say, Matt is normally very optimistic because he did send me a message uh, around March or April time when Dover had a good result telling me that, in, in not so many words, uh, some that I can't repeat, that they were going to win the league just, uh, because they were on such a right. And then I think it all went wrong for them at Eastleigh that night. Um, we'll move on <laughs> and talk about Bromley very quickly. Um, and they begin against uh, Fylde on Saturday at Fylde. Tough game. And then the first Kent derby of the season on um, Tuesday night when they take on uh, Matt's Dover. Um, Bromley, I think, obviously, they had the heartbreak at, at Wembley, which we saw in the last podcast. But I think, quietly, they've strengthened quite well, Neil Smith. I think he's brought in some good players. Obviously, Hanlon's gone to Gillingham. Um, but they've brought Bugle in permanently. And they brought in the guy from uh, from Braintree, Okoye. I think I think Bromley expectations may not be massive there, but I think they're going to have a good season again, Bromley. Yeah, I think of course they've lost um, uh, the guy to Portsmouth, the big goal scorer Louis Dennis, and they've lost Reese as well. So a lot of goals have come out of the side, but I think he's he strengthened it well. Neil Smith 
um, it, it is a bigger plan, I think, at, at Bromley to, with a new stand going in. Expectations going to be high from the support because, you know, they've got to Wembley and that was snatched away from them. I think Bugle will score goals. You've got Mekki, players like that. And George Porter, I think um, he's kept the majority of his players. Maybe um, Reese going was a bit of a surprise. We all thought Louis Dennis was going to go. It'll be interesting to see how Reese gets on at Jills as well. But he's used the loan market as well. Um, got the junior Ogdi Uzuki. I'll have to get that right for next Tuesday. He's come in. He's got a lot of goals uh, in non-league football. They've got him on loan from Colchester. So it'll be interesting. They'll play some good football and they'll be solid at home as well on that surface. So interesting times for Bromley. And Bromley are a club that's on the rise. They've got that sort of uh, impetus from Wembley. And people are expecting everything. Do you want me to say what I'm going to say Bromley? Yes, yeah, go for it. 14. So that shows the toughness, I think, of the National League. They'll finish above Dover, um, I think, this season. I think Neil Smith's got a good manager, a good backing, and I think they'll be there and thereabouts again. Again, home form will be crucial. They've got a mixture of experience uh, and, and youth, and I think Neil Smith's a manager on the up, and I expect probably 14 is probably less than they finished last season. But, um, yeah, I think, that, I think they're, they're, they're a work in progress, but I think they'll be fine. I think it's interesting, obviously you mentioned both Reese and Dennis there. Both of those players at Bromley last season and now going to be in League One this season. Do you think that that shows to players who are dropping out of the Football League that Bromley's a good place to go? They've got a good location where they are on, on the outskirts of London. And I think that you know players who, are, who have unfortunately left League One, League Two clubs will be looking for clubs where they can possibly make a mark and improve as players. And I think that what Neil Smith has done with Dennis and Reese and other players as well, is going to be making people look and thinking that Bromley's is a good option and maybe there'll still be a chance for them to pick up some players before the or when the season gets going. Yeah, I think Neil Smith is a magnet for players. He's a, he's a likeable chap. Um, you can see, he's, I think he's probably one of these managers who puts your arms around you and says what we can achieve together. And the signings they've made, I don't think, are too bad. We mentioned about Bugle, Bobby Joe Taylor. Uh, he was decent for Maidstone, I thought, down the left-hand side. It gives you a little bit of um, balance on that side. Jake Goodman's come in again, solid centre-half. So, yeah, I think I think Bromley are a club on the up, as I say. And Neil Smith's kind of manager who can say to the player, yeah, you come here, look what we can do. We can push you into the league if you're successful. You know, George Porter's probably a prime example of that. Went into the league, didn't really work out for him there. He scores goals now, let's get 25. There's going to be a lot of clubs looking around him as well. And I think they're going to be um, perfectly fine, Bromley. And I think Neil Smith's doing a, a really good job. So, um, have they got enough in the in the tank to, to, to go with the big boys? For me personally, no. But I think uh, good work in progress, Bromley, and a club definitely on the up. And one final thing on Bromley against Dover on Tuesday. Now, Neil Smith and Mitch Walker, definitely two contenders for the uh, the title nicest man in football do they have some sort of nice off before the game do you think uh, well, yeah Mitch Neil Smith yeah Neil, well, Neil Smith he, he, he treats you like he's his long lost son when he speaks to you isn't it? really good yeah lovely chap Neil Smith and I think um, he's probably a nice chap there but I reckon he can ch- t- tell his players what he wants and I think he's got respect for there Neil Smith yeah great bloke looking forward to the season they've gone under the radar I think Bromley not many people mention him Bromley I think in all these previews but I think um and again, that hunger of losing out at Wembley can either work both ways. Isn't it? Taken away from them, right, let's use that as a thing to go back to Wembley and have another good season or they've got to dwell on that. I think Neil Smith's probably told his players, forget about it, new season, we go again. 
And our final Kent uh, National League Premier team is Maidstone United, who've got another tough start as well. Hartlepool at home on uh, Saturday, followed by a trip to Dagenham on Tuesday night. Um, I think Jay Saunders has strengthened quite well over the summer, Matt. I, I, you know, they, obviously they lost a couple of players and their big problem last year was goal scoring. And I think that they've moved some way to addressing that, don't you? Yeah, I think there's definitely an upgrade in the forward positions for Maidstone. Um, Joe Quigley, will he score many goals? But I think he's a, he's a good work rate, good runner for them. Um, had a bit of pedigree as well. Because, you know, went to Bournemouth and then he had those injury problems, particularly the Jules, the game actually I saw for, for the Jules that he had injury problems. But he's, he's a, yeah, a good signing. Shamir Mullins can be a bit hit and miss, but a, a, a decent player, I think, from that. They've definitely upgraded from the forward positions. Delano Sam York is now at Dartford, we will talk about. I think, um, yeah, definite upgrade on there. I think they're going to be uh, Maystone again. Do you want to say where I didn't tell you where MC went, but do you want to say where Maystone is going to be? Yeah, tell me where Maystone are going to be. 18th. Oh. And, and, well, as you haven't mentioned it yet, where, where have you got the fleet? 10th. Oh! Been not being in the... Um, Top. I'll tell you the playoff sides anyway. There you go. Yeah, go for it. So if you miss the Mason, I've gone for Fylde to win it. Salford second, Orient third, Sutton fourth, Wrexham, my boys' opponents on Saturday fifth, Chesterfield sixth, and Bournemouth seventh. So you've got a lot of sides in there. I've gone for that to the top seven. You'll probably laugh about this when everything win the league. Don't finish second, Mason finish third. Hopefully that'll be the case. Or maybe in different order from that. But no, I think um, Jay Saunders is. There's probably a little bit more pressure on Jay. Um, the season that they had, for, I don't know how close. They had that, that terrible run from November to February time when they couldn't win a game. Was he under pressure to lose his job? I don't know. The fans got a little bit on his case. But he, he's managed to bring players in. I think they're going to be younger, hungrier players, Maidstone, this season. He's got rid of the old guard. Going forward, you've got Loza, Quigley, Mullins, Coker, um, who can cause teams problems with with a bit of pace. I think they'll be a bit more aggressive, maybe a bit more direct. But I think um, with the likes of Lewis in the midfield, etc., like that, they'll be the engine room. But I think, uh, yeah, I think Maidstone have got a decent squad. I think they've got enough to avoid relegation. They started well last season, didn't they? Then it all tailed off. Again, just start slowly, but I think they've got enough in there. I don't think they've got enough to challenge the big boys because I don't think, budget-wise, they're going to have a go at the top. But I think they're going to well, 18th is probably the same. I think they finished 19th last season. So, for me, it's going to be a better season. It's it's very interesting, Matt. I I, I think that you've um, obviously studied this a lot harder than I have. Um, so, who's in your bottom four in the National League then? 21st, Dagenham. 22nd, Havant. 23rd, Braintree. 24th, Barrow. Well, that's very interesting. I, I I haven't had a chance to go through and do... I've actually just been and got a notepad myself. So maybe while we're working through the rest of it, I'm going to have a look and see who I think is going to fill up all of those places in that in that table. Um, well, I think you look at the division, it's a, you know, I'm expecting the following sides to be as good or even better than last season. You've got Fylde, Salford, Lake Norton are going to be better. Sutton are a decent side. Wrexham eventually have got to come good. Chesterfield under Martin Allen will be a decent outfit. Bournemouth. Lost the goalkeeper. They got the goalkeeper from Broadstairs. A little bit of fact about them. Do you want a bit of fact about the, the um, new Bournemouth goalkeeper, Ryan Hudder? I know he was he was on the bench for Arsenal when he was about 17 because I wrote a story about it. Yeah, he's from Broadstairs. Yep. And his mum 
he's a delay at my daughter's school. Well, that now that is a link. If ever I've heard a link, that's a good link, Matt. There you go. So, but I'm expecting, you know, I haven't even got the teams like Aldershot, Harrogate, Hartlepool anywhere near the top ten on this as well. So, everybody said that last season it was a weaker division because Macclesfield won the league. Or maybe Macclesfield, maybe it was weaker, but I think the sides coming into it from above and sides coming in from below are stronger. So, it's going to be a tough division for our Kent side. So, um, and we mentioned before, probably the, the big games for the Kent sides are when they play each other. As well, we know how important it is for those ones, but we'd be having the first Kent Derby of the season. Absolutely imperative that you get off onto a good start on this. So, yeah, I think it's a tough division, but I think Maystone, Morgan in goal, we know, Finney's signed. It's like a younger, hungrier side Jay Saunders has got out. And we know before, if it doesn't work out, he's not, he's a person who doesn't mind doing a bit of changing as well. So, bringing players in and go. So, I think it's a big, big opening for, the, for Maystone at the start of the season. If they start badly, could go either way, but I think um, I think they'll be alright. The early fixtures have got they've got a Dagenham. It'd be interesting again for them. Dagenham and Redbridge, no budget seems to be this season. If they go and win at Dagenham and Redbridge, everybody thinks, "All oh, right, we're on the right foot." Lose at Dagenham and Redbridge with the younger side, there's a little bit of panic. I would have thought, but again, then Halifax away as well. Then some other game. I don't think they've got a too bad opening as well. Uh, Maidstone for the start of the season, and a bit like Dover. After four or five games, you'll know where the season's going to go. Yeah, well, we'll move on now to the National League South, where we've had stability in the dugout in the uh, in the National League. It's all changed in National League South, and the biggest change is obviously at Dartford, where uh, after 14 years in charge, Tony Berman has stepped down. Um, his replacements are Jamie Coyle and Adam Flanagan, who were both National League South bosses in their own right last season, and now they're trying to guide the darts up the table. Um, really tough start for them as uh, this weekend, though. They're at Bath, who I, th- I think a few people quite quietly are fancying Bath to do well. And then Chelmsford City on Tuesday night. And Chelmsford are always one of the favourites for this division. Um, so it's going to be a tricky start for Dartford. And obviously their pre-season's been OK. But the headline for that is is the loss of Andy Pugh. Yeah, Andy Pugh's a, it's, it's a real blow, I think, for a very clever player. I think it's quite a bad injury, isn't it? I think it's a double break. I don't know if we'll see him this season. They brought Delano Samuel. I'm not the greatest fan of Delano Samuel. But maybe that's his level. Um, it's a trif- tough taste to go again. Everybody's saying that the National League's tough. National League South, I haven't done a prediction for this, John, but that's an even tougher division to tip as well. But interesting how the, the joint managers work as well. They're both managers in their own right, both did a very good job. Jamie Coyle did a good job at Welling. Quite surprised he left, to be honest. And then um, Concord Rangers gone to a different level then, I think, uh, next season with uh, Adam Flanagan. If they can work together, expectations for Darfur. Are the expectations for you? there for Dartford to get promoted because I think we've seen it the last few seasons maybe this season it's maybe more of a you know a regrouping season or do you think John that the uh, Dartford season they've got every one of the sides got to go up I personally think that this is a season to rebuild I don't think there's anywhere near as much pressure on Coyle and Flanagan to succeed as there was Tony Berman last season Um, I think that they've obviously they've lost Alfie Pavey which is a, a big blow for them and I think that they, they, they are going to go round and they're going to find it. I don't know. That, that I don't know how tough they're going to find it because, you know, it is a new team, a new manager. The fans at Dartford are going to have to be patient this year. And, and the last thing they could do is have a tough start and the fans really get on their back because that's not the not thing they need. Dartford are a club that have had such great stability. It was probably the right time for Tony Berman to move on. 
but they've still got, you know, they've still got the, the nucleus of that side. They've still got a lot of the players in there. They've still got Elliot Bradbrook. They've still got Ronnie Vint and Tom Bonner at the back, which is going to be a, a, a key thing for them because they're a brilliant pair of centre-halves. Obviously, they've lost um, Ryan Hayes, which is which is a blow. They've lost Alfie Pavey. So it's a little bit back to the start for them, back to basics. And I think that, I think Dartford are going to make a slow start, but I think they'll edge their way up there and I think they'll probably end up in and around the playoffs. I'm not saying that they're going to get in the top three or four. I think they'll be seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, somewhere around there. And I think that Dartford fans, you're probably going to have to just be a little bit patient this time around. I think you're spot on about where, the, where they're likely to be finished. They, it's, getting, it's getting the views over of Coyle and Flanagan, how they want to play, how they're going to work together. They brought a lot of new players in. Interesting, Alex Wall they brought in. They released him this week. Alex Wall is, from what I gather, it can be a bit of a... Um, uh, problem in the dressing room so I don't think something's gone on there but um, again maybe they want to sort with Pew going they need to bring another striker in to see um, to, to replace him it, it will be a blow Pew behind the front men but then again looking at it are they going to struggle their Pavey last season banging in the goals are they going to struggle to score goals I don't think Sam York is at a level of Pavey so but he, he, he's, a work, he's a willing runner up top scoring goals may be a problem but yeah I think expectations for Darford consolidate, move on, bring some of the blood, some maybe some of the youngsters they've got coming through as well. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how they go. They go on, but I think speaking to a few Darford fans, the last few seasons they expected promotion. Maybe they don't expect promotion this year. No, and um, moving on to Coyle's former club, Welling, Matt um, Steve King in the hot seat at uh, Parkview Road this season. Um, play- oh, wait, so he always. When I've seen Steve King, he's always got a lovely pair of shoes on. They're like winkle pickers, his shoes on. So from that, always, every time I look at him, if I see him, I always look down, see what he's um, what he's got on his feet. Because he's a very, very elegant man with shoes, Steve King. There you go. And a, a man who Joe probably knows his level pretty well, and he's brought in a, a number of players. So Welling, the last few seasons, started ever so slowly, and they're basically playing catch up by the time they get going in about October, November time. So. They've signed some decent players. He brings players in he knows, doesn't he? So, And he was quite successful for Whitehall when he went in there at the back end of the season. I think they would have been finished third if they carried on the points ratio that he had when he joined in when they were bottom, rock bottom of the league. So you don't know what you're going to get from Welling. Um, they could go out, out of the traps, but King knows that level and has brought some decent players in. I think they, they did well last season, Welling. Obviously, I saw a few of their games under Jamie Corr. They They always looked... Like a half decent side, but they just never kind of had that that X factor. I suppose is the phrase that, that, that you're probably looking for there. They they were just missing something, um, but I think that they've got some real potential there this season under Steve King, and I don't see any reason why. Actually, I, I think Welling will probably make the playoffs um, under Steve King as, as long as everything goes to plan for him there, because you know he knows the league, he knows how to get his team playing, and as you say, he brings in players that he knows, and I think that's a really key thing and. Welling, for me, are going to have a, a good season and looking forward to seeing how it all pans out. And I'm sure Steve King's shoes will be absolutely immaculate throughout. A good test for them on Saturday as well. Dulwich Hamlet at home. Everybody seems to love Dulwich Hamlet. Um, again, one of the sides will be in and around them. A good test for them. Have they brought in too many players? and they brought 15, 16 new players in? Will they gel quick enough? But as I said before, Welling starts of the season. They've been pretty poor over the last few seasons. So I'm sure their fans are just hoping that we can start the... Um, uh, start the ground running and they'll be okay but 
you think I think I might be with you that Welling and Duff very very similar positions I'd hate to say who would finish higher from that but um, I think they'll be in and around it won't have enough to um, to get promoted so so there you go John I might as well stop doing the pod because I've said all our teams are the National League Premier and National League South will still be in there this time next year I'll tell you what neck on the line Matt I'm going to say Welling will finish above Dartford there you go I've put my neck on the line who's going who's to win that, that league promoted? sorry Will, that be, will they be promoted, Welling? I think they'll be in the playoffs. I don't think they'll win them, but I think they'll be in the playoffs. Who, who's going to win that league? I've gone with Billericke to go up, and I, and I probably think that maybe Woking may be coming up from the playoffs, but it'll be interesting. You expect Billericke, um to do it with the money they're spending, with some big teams in there, Torquay. Chelmsford, Torquay, what's a good game on the opening day? Chelmsford always in and around. Eventually, they've got to get in the National League, you would have thought. Um, Woking, some big clubs in that. It's going to be a tough division. I think, mate, you know, you think that the three levels we've got in the non-league football, you know, National League, National League, tough. National League South, South, very tough. National League North, even tougher, I think. So we're, we're in a very good position in football in this country to think you've got top four leagues. The next league for like that are just as competitive. And maybe that's a sign of all the money that comes down from the Premier League is going into these divisions. Uh, from that point of view so really interesting times ahead for all of our sites and I say good luck to all of them um, even though if you listen to this podcast you're thinking I'm a bit, a bit doom and gloom but I'm hoping we prove absolutely wrong come April Right, I'm going to go for Chelmsford to win that league because I think it's about time Chelmsford City managed to do it. Um, we'll discuss the Bostic League and its stupid promotion permutations. Uh, you thought last year was daft um, next week. But the Southern Counties East League also kicks off on Saturday. Um, a few games, well, kicks off for almost everyone because uh, there is one thing that do want to say. We know who does the, uh, the fixtures for the Southern Cows East League. Lovely bloke, got no problems with him. But I really have to say I feel sorry for Punjab United who have been promoted to this level for the first time in their history. They're not in the FA Cup on the 11th, so they haven't got a game on the 11th. And they haven't got a game on the 4th because Cray Valley are playing in the, in the Charity Shield on Friday night. And you've got all that excitement the Punjab will have and they're not going to get the chance to get going on Saturday. That's disappointing for them. I went there in pre-season, lovely club, lovely people, and I bet they're itching to get going, and they've got to wait until Tuesday night uh, when they kick off their season at home to Beersted. It will be frustrating for them, Matt. Yeah, I think it is. This is the, the problem. I think the scaffold used to start a little bit later as well, but the fixtures in. But yeah, it will be. I'm looking forward. I think Punjab are going to be one of the sides we're going to be discussing quite a bit on the pod this season. You've been there. I think um, expectation, John, that they'll be mid to high at the end of the table, but it's a tough old division, the scaffold. Who's going to win it? I think last season we saw Herne Bay, we saw Seven Eights go up. We probably were the best sides in the division with the best management and maybe with the best budget. They've gone out of it. This season, really, really tough division. And maybe um, Punjab will bloody their nose of a number of sides as they go along. I think Punjab, having spoken to them, they seem a little bit quite happy to go under the radar a little bit and just see how they get on. And I saw them play against Ramsgate. It was, it was a decent game when he was a pre-season friendly the day uh, on the morning that England played Sweden. Um, so it wasn't the, the most uh, competitive game you've ever seen. the longest pre-season going then, but that's about four weeks ago, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think um, I think they're, they're going to, like you say, they're going to upset a few people. I don't know exactly where they're going to finish. I don't know how they're going to do, but I think they're going to upset a few people for certain, Punjab. Um, it's a, it's a tough division to call this year. I, I think, like you say, last year, 
Everyone fancied Whitstable, everyone fancied Seven Oaks, and they both got out of the league. Um, I think that Crowborough, obviously, last year were very fancy. They finished third, but they seem to have lost a lot of their money and a lot of their players. So I don't think they're going to be there or thereabouts this year. Um, for me, I'm looking down the list of teams in front of me, and I think there's four teams that are going to be probably battling, battling this out this year. I think you've got Beckenham Town, who were fourth last year. I think they're going to come good again. Yeah. Um, I've got Canterbury City, I think, again, have gone under the radar. I think they're going to be right up there ahead of their move back to Canterbury. Um, reports are that Chatham, who spoke to their manager, James Collins, last year, he's very screwed on. Reports are that they have, have put a little bit of cash into the, into the playing budget. So it'll be interesting to see how they get on. And the other team that I think should be up there is Sheppey United. I think it's one of those four, Matt. Yeah, Sheffield United, you've, you've tipped them, I think, back in the last season, they thought to be doing so well. Um, well you, you look at that, there's other sides in there. Tunbridge Wells, hot and cold a bit recently, they need to be there. Lords would be again, we've spoken to them, I thought they were good. They, expectations. And I know the people down at Deal Town, and maybe they think it would be their deal. Again, blooding some youngsters, have lost a few players as well to uh, high-level clubs to see how they get on. But it's an interesting season that we'll be looking at these sort of sides. But again, you're going into it thinking, yeah, I think every, maybe 70-80% of these sides thinking, right, if we get off to a good start, there's no reason why we can't build on that and have a great season. So, interesting side, and good luck to Case Sports as well. Their first game in this level against Eris Town on Saturday. Interesting to see how the other Horizon side does. Yeah, we'll just run through the fixtures on Saturday very quickly. AFC Croydon against Deal, Beersley against Beckenham, Canterbury at Faversham, of course, now against Rustall, Corinthian against Chatham, Croydon against Lordswood. Glebe against Tunbridge Wells, Hollands and Blair against Fisher, K Sports against Erith, Sheppey United against Crowborough, a full midweek programme as well, Erith against Glebe on Monday, um, and then AFC Croydon against Cray Valley um, on Tuesday, along with Chatham against Canterbury, Crowborough Rustall, Deal against Hollands and Blair, Fisher against Croydon, Punjab United against Beersted, and Tunbridge Wells against Corinthian, and then on Wednesday, Lawswood against Sheppey United. And, um, you know, don't forget those, those games are all there on Saturday. If you need a football fix, especially if you're in a a Bostick League team who haven't started yet, then, you know, you've got some great opportunities there to go and watch some games. If I can get a pass, I may well get out to, to one of those on Tuesday night, perhaps if I'm if I'm in the mood. Um, but no, it's, it's certainly going to be a really interesting season in the scaffold. And I think the fact that the, 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 the teams who were fancied last year aren't going to be so fancied this year, I think that's going to make it a wide open league. And looking forward to it. And, and it's so important these teams make a good start, map because they're straight into the FA Cup next weekend as well. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's probably the most important game of the season for some of these, these sides, isn't it? They make sure that they get I think the money for the FA Cup has been increased again. So, you know, a couple of wins and the preliminary, extra preliminary round, the preliminary round could really um, help these clubs out. Good luck for all of them as well. You know, the buzz of the uh, first game of the season, you love it. Those you know, 20 teams in that division or whatever it is, thinking, yeah, this is our season. The buzz you get from going in. First game of the season, I think the weather's going to be good on Saturday as well. So, Get out there if you can. We'll go and watch a game. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. It should be a really interesting season. As I said before, I've not really followed the uh, scaffold before until I started doing the pod, but as soon as I get home on a Saturday out, Saturday evening, I'm always looking at the results. And, oh, that's a bit of a shock. And I'm sure each as the season goes along, there'll be plenty of shocks going on. And we'll make sure we'll, co- we'll cover it here on the Kent Non League pod. We certainly will. Well, that's about it for our first show of the second season of the Kent Non League podcast. During uh, the second half of the show, I've jotted down on a notepad where I think the teams are going to finish. So <clears throat> I've got Salford to win it. The playoffs, Fylde, Chesterfield, Leighton Orient, Ebbsfleet United, Hartlepool and Barnet. 
with Dover Athletic just missing out because I think that'll be funny. Um, I've got Bromley in... Tw- you go eighth of goal difference again. Yeah, that's exactly what I've got. I've written down here goal difference. I've got Bromley in 12th, Maidstone in 15th. And my bottom four, uh, you're going to love... I'll, I'll do it from the bottom up because you're going to love who I've got 21st, Matt. Um, Halifax Town, Barrow, Braintree, and I've gone for Eastleigh to finish 21st. Um, my favourite club out there exactly that's why I thought you'd love that um, so just before we wrap up um, we've we have a lot of car journeys together now with our uh, with our newfound fame on BBC Radio Kent and we have discussed Mamma Mia 2 uh, here we go again and Matt has revealed he has a real aversion to share which is why he won't be going to see it well I can tell you Matt having seen it last evening she's only in the last 15 minutes mate so you could go and enjoy the rest of the ABBA cheese um before Cher comes along with her barely moving face to spoil it for you uh, my wife is going with uh, her girlfriend so I, I, they will, they will eventually I suppose they release these films so they probably know the DVD comes out like the day before Christmas and it set off the street so maybe I'll probably get some point maybe you could buy it for me for Christmas John then I watch it there but I have got a definite aversion to Cher so uh, I will not. I do love a musical, as we know from the greatest show. But uh, no, I will not be watching that. I think I might go and watch The Incredibles though at the cinema the next one. From that. But apart from that, I need some new TV fixes. Anybody got any new TV programs for me to watch? Um, uh, now the bridge is gone, and I'm still mourning the end of the greatest program ever. I've told you at least TV once fixes. to watch Hidden on BBC. On BBC, it's yeah, just yeah. been on BBC uh, Four. Like, I need to. What? Yeah, it's, I, f- I fell asleep in episode two, so I need to get my um, head around from that. But I need need some. Uh, New TV programmes to sort of watch, but apart from that. But of course, the most thing I'll be watching is plenty of football, much to my wife's annoyance over the next few weeks as the season starts. Yeah. Also, really just before we go, I'd like to offer a warm congratulations to Mrs Gerard, who I believe won season tickets to see Dover uh, in a competition which I was forced to enter uh, by my co-host. Um, and yeah, that's that really is it for this week's podcast. No, no, um, not, well, those season tickets, my wife, there's more chance of Dover winning the league than... than um, my wife actually turning up to watch a game. She's never seen a game in her life. So my uh, my, my my dad and her father-in-law will be absolutely delighted to see him, so him and his mate can go there. But of course, we do put some of our coffers in by sponsoring players at the Mighty Whites anyway. So. Excellent. And um, yeah, just finally, obviously... As always, we're still on social media. We're still around at Kent L Podcast on um, Twitter, on Facebook at Kent Non-League. You can drop us a line by emailing johnphipps81 at outlook.com. You can follow Matt and I personally on Twitter as well, uh, Matthew underscore Gerard or johnphipps81. Um, and just finally, I suppose we should give it a plug um, on the air with John and Matt, Monday night, BBC Radio Kent, 9 o'clock till 10 o'clock. Uh, you can listen to it again at, at 10 o'clock. Um, we've got a really good show lined up this week. We've got um, former Jill's boss, and former Barrow manager Adrian Pennock on the show. And we'll be chatting to uh, Conor McNamara from BBC Radio 5 Live as well. And I've got to say, Matthew Gerrard, what a sterling job you've done sorting those guests out. Yeah, we've got AD talking about Kent football with Jules, of course. And we'll have the Premier League. We don't mention the Premier League, apart from the Scaffold Premier League on this programme. So there'll be a Premier League review. And of course, you can't actually ring into this programme because it's pre-recorded. But that one is live. Yeah. If you wanted to speak to us, you can ring in. So, um, Follow us on social media and we'll give the numbers out. So, uh, Don't you know the... Join, but we enjoy this as well. There's the pods still going to be coming on um, uh, as the season goes on every week. Well, that at the moment is just every other week. But, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you either way. Don't you yeah. know the number for that Radio Kent show off by heart now, Matt? Four, five, eight, uh, 
Seven five six double one double one. I do know it. Yes. There you go. Excellent. Right. Well, thank you very much to everyone as always for listening. Thanks to Matt for giving up his lunch hour, and we will be back with you next week on the Kent Non League podcast. Thanks for listening. I'll see you in the car at six on Monday.